All right, John 14. Let me read to you, and then we'll talk uh, about the main, main message for today. So we're starting in verse 15, the promise of the Holy Spirit. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you desolate. I will come to you. So the first, the first line there, verse 15, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now we're going to focus on just that one verse uh, for a minute, and then we'll talk about the Holy Spirit. So it's conditional, right? Coach Ryle had spoke on uh, Jesus saying, uh, if you're going to be my disciple, you have to carry your cross. Right? Saying this is a choice. Jesus is inviting us to enter into the fullness of life. We have to make that choice. You guys here are making an awesome choice. Right? No, it obviously doesn't stop here. It's a starting point. Okay, but it's a choice you get to make. Now, what's the first part? He says, if you love me, I think we would all raise our hands and say, yes, I love the Lord. Okay, he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So what's the first part in this sentence of loving God? He says, what did you say? Obeying him, right? So it's obedience. Now, what are we being obedient to? His commandments. Uh, hope, hopefully this come, doesn't come off as a trick question because I don't want it to be that way. Is it only the Ten Commandments? No. No. So kind of broaden when he says my commandments, broaden that to meaning Jesus' words, his teaching. Any, anything Jesus says is truth, right? He is the truth. Now, real quick, I think this is something we can't get mixed up, we have to be very certain on the identity of Jesus, who Jesus is, right? Because he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Okay, Uh, in Colossians, I want to say chapter 2, it tells us that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So God, our Father in heaven, is not like a bearded guy in heaven, right? Sometimes it's like little kids may have drawn that, like God the Father, you draw like this old guy, right? But the Bible tells us that the Father is spirit. You can't see him. Invisible. So Jesus is the image. You can see him. Right? The image of the invisible God. So is Jesus God? Yes. Yes. Everyone shake your head yes. Yes. Right? The Holy Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Right? Is the Holy Spirit God? Yes. Yes. Just like your Father in heaven is God. Okay, so Jesus on earth is the image of the invisible God. You can't see the Father in heaven, he's spirit. Right? But God came to earth in human form, right, to, to die for us. Um, so that's so when he's saying, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, Jesus, every time he speaks, it's God speaking. That his words are the word of God. So don't think he's saying only the Ten Commandments. Right? When you open the gospel and Jesus is speaking, those words are his commandments, right? They're his teachings, okay? Um, so the first thing is we're saying we have to know the commandments. All right, you guys tell me, you want to learn? You can pull up a chair, man, have a seat. You guys make room for him back there or pull up a chair. If you want to get to know Jesus' commandments, how do you go about doing that? Okay, so reading the word is going to be the f- one of the first steps 
in you getting to know, okay, what are Jesus' commandments? What are his teachings? Right? Uh, let's say you start a new relationship, okay? You and girlfriend, or girls for you and boyfriend. In the beginning of that relationship, there's going to be a lot of time. You guys are spending a lot of time together. There's going to be a lot of conversation. Why? What are the point of all those conversations at the beginning of the relationship? Get to know each other. Sure, you got to figure out, do I really like this person, right? Is it something I'm going to invest my time in? Simply getting to know them, right? Well, think about that with you and Jesus, okay? It's somebody who, in every stage of your life, you're trying to get to know them, okay? Deeper and deeper and deeper, just like you would uh, a friendship. You're trying to get to know that person. So there's a time commitment, right? So if we do love God and we want to keep his commandments, like you guys said, the first thing is I have to know his commandments. What did Jesus teach? What does he teach us to do? So that's the first thing is knowing that. So am I reading my Bible? Now, if the answer is no, then the first simple thing is challenge yourself and say, I want to create a plan for myself where each day I pick up the word and just start small. But I'm going to start with that, okay? Because the more familiar you get with the Word, the more familiar you forget with Jesus, right? A famous Christian once said, being ignorant of the Bible is being ignorant of Christ. Meaning if you know nothing about what Jesus said, you probably don't know too much about who He is, right? Or the truth that He speaks. So that's the first thing. If you love me, keep my commandments. We have to know His commandments, right? That's a good place to start. Okay, now skip ahead to John 15. Uh, let's go to verse 12. So John 15, 12. <coughs> this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Remember, Jesus is saying, these are his words. Love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Again, there's that if word. You are my friends if you do what I command you. <coughs> no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. So let's break this into two parts. First part, okay, Jesus is saying, this is my commandment. What is he commanding us to do? Love uh, Okay, love one another. And then we'll, there's an important part at the end. Love one another as what? I have loved you. What did Jesus do for us? Died. <coughs> Died for us, right? Did we do something to deserve that or earn it? Okay, so it's saying love is a choice. Love is sacrifice, right? It's probably easier to sacrifice for your family or maybe your friends, right? You're willing to sacrifice for your friends. Does Jesus say love the people that treat you good? Yeah, I love everybody. So yeah. Right, that's a start. What about your enemies? Yes. Right? He says even the Gentiles or maybe people who we used to say today are not Christians. Even if somebody's not Christian, they can love their best friend. He says there's really not much merit in that. Everyone can do that. So he's saying love is sacrificial. You've got to sacrifice. So maybe doing stuff that you don't like too much or is hard for you. Right? If you think of the, a lot of Jesus' his adult life, his ministry, were there a lot of things in there that seemed fun or easy? No, right? But he had a mission. He was on mission. Okay? Now, it says, Greater love is no man than to lay down his life for his friends. Now, Jesus kind of talks about this idea of being a servant and then being a friend. So, it says this. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. 
but I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my father have made known to you. Why are they kind of transitioning from this being a servant to being a friend of Christ? Why are they, let's say, graduating? Why are they moving from servanthood to friendship? Go ahead. Because they know God and have a relationship with him. Okay, it's saying they know, they know God's will, right? And they're obeying God's will. Okay? So I think that goes back to something we mentioned. Are we reading scripture? Are we reading the word? Right? Is the gospel a part of our life? Do we know what God expects of you? If you don't know what God expects of you, you can't follow his will. Right? So you're saying obedience is important. We're, we're called to be obedient. Right? And we're also called to know what does God really expect of us. Because you guys are probably told a lot of things every day about do this, don't do this. And some of that may not line up with God's word. So you have to know what does God say in this? Right? What, what, are his, what is true so I can follow that? All right, now it continues. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. This I command you, to love one another. So he's saying, you and me, we didn't choose God first. God called us. Right, now we're called to respond and, and to accept his invitation. Now there's kind of a, a mission here. Okay? It says, but I chose you, so Jesus chose you, and he appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. What does that mean? That you should go and bear fruit. Okay, so spreading the word. What does that in general mean to, to bear fruit? Yeah, so if you're reading the word and you know what God commands you, it should be visible in your actions. It should be visible in the way you speak to others. It should be visible in the way you treat other people, even people that aren't your best friends, right? So bearing fruit saying spiritually, right, your actions should be on display. You should be hopefully leading other people to Christ. It could be something simple, the way you greet somebody in the hallway. And it could be having a conversation when you know somebody is really feeling down or they're having a bad week and maybe taking that person aside, right? And you can be an example of Christ in your life. Is everybody in our high school going to read their Bible this week? No. No. So who is called to be an example of Christ? That's right. Everybody. Well, let's talk about the people in this room here. You guys are called to be an example of Christ. Okay. Now, that's a lot of responsibility because someone, let's use me as an example, someone may look at me and say, uh, I don't really like this whole Christianity thing because Coach Cook claims to be a Christian. And based on the way he acts, I don't want to be a Christian. That's a big responsibility, right, that the Lord is calling us to. So your actions should be an invitation. They should be very attracting, right? People should see, or maybe for the first time in their life, hopefully experience Christ because of the way you treat them, right? So he's James. He's right in front of me. Every time somebody sees James in the hallway, how are you feeling after you say hi to James in the hallway? You always feel good, right? He's joyful. He's got, always got a smile on his face. That's a simple example, right? Joy is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so even simple things like that, the way you interact with people. Do people know you as the person that's always going to rag on them, always make fun of them? Simple things like that, you're saying, if I'm called to go and bear fruit for the Lord, am I really representing <coughs> Christ the way he deserves to be represented? Now, do we screw up? Sure, yes. Do we mess up? Yes. But you get the point. The Lord is saying you're called to go to others 
and hopefully be this to them, right? To take God's commandments, to take the gospel, and to be the good news to other people so that know, they know, hey, this is what it means to be a Christian. This is something that's very attractive, very inviting to me because I see the way these other people who are Christians are acting, and I know it's what Jesus commands us to do, to love other people. So hopefully we can be the love of Christ to others, right? For a lot of people, that's going to be the, their first introduction into the gospel is the way that you treat them. All right, let's go to John chapter 8. And we're just going to read a couple of verses. I'm going to go to so John chapter 8, verse 34. Sorry, let me, let's, let's go to 31. Let's start in chapter 8, verse 31. All right, Jesus then said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been in bondage to anyone. How is it that you say, You will be made free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, Everyone who commits a sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not continue in the house forever. The Son continues forever. So if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. <coughs> Who's the, who is the Son? Who's talking about? Jesus. Okay, Jesus, right? At any point in my life and in your life, have you been a slave to sin? Yes. Yes, yes right? The answer for all of us is yes. Okay? It's saying, uh, Jesus said, everyone who commits a sin is a slave to sin. So who's the one person that can free us from that? Jesus, right? He was on a, he was on a mission, okay? Uh, and he knew he was on a mission. So he, he sets us free. Now, we have the choice every single day to accept his gift, to accept the freedom that, he, that he's won us, okay? We can reject that gift, but it, but it is a gift. And I think that's important, too. Jesus is saying he's giving you this gift so that you're free. Think of it like this. Now, I'm not like a, just as a sports fan, I'm not huge fans of these guys, but I think they have good examples because they're both old in their respective sports. So take Tom Brady and take LeBron. Okay? Both of them in their sports are old. Even if you go back maybe 30, 40 years in sports, like quarterbacks never played past 40. That was unheard of. Right? And even LeBron, I mean, he's older. A lot of guys in the NBA, they get to that 33, 34 mark. It's hard for them to continue. Right? It's just kind of hard on your body. What would you say about both those guys, Brady and LeBron? What has enabled them to play later in their career? Okay, their mindset. What about their mindset? For sure. Super determined, super competitive. What would you say, Blaine? Good diets. Okay, both of them are like super strict on what they put in their body, right? People always joke about like Brady's avocado ice cream. But like they refuse – to allow diet to be something that prevents them from winning and shortens their career. Well, anything else about these guys they might have in common? Their drive. Okay. <laughs> Super determined, right? They want to be the best. Okay, so take, take both of them. They both have been successful. They're going to be Hall of Famers. They've won championships. Do you think uh, any rookie in the league would want their career? Oh, yes. Probably all of them, right? Okay, but have those guys had to make a lot of sacrifices to get where they are? Yes. yes. Right? All, all, 
every part of their life they're having to sacrifice to get there. It's constant sacrifice. Would you say Brady and LeBron are looking, but when they retire, are they going to look back and be pretty happy with their career? Yes. Right? They're not going to trade it for a couple nights off. They're not going to trade it for a couple workouts off. They're willingly making sacrifices to achieve their goals and to continue, continue, continue to persevere to keep winning. Right? Jesus is making this point on a spiritual level. He's saying obeying God is not a handcuff. Sometimes we may think of like, oh, I have to keep God's commandments. Sometimes we may have it wrong. It feels like handcuffs. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. That's not what Jesus is saying. Right? He said, the goal is to set you free. The goal is that you'll have the joy of Christ in your life. Okay, So just like Brady and LeBron have had to make tons of sacrifices for a lot of years, they're ultimately they're driven and they have a goal and they want to achieve that goal. And they have a lot of fulfillment right, in achieving those goals. Well, think about that for your spiritual life, your walk with the Lord. Do you have a goal? Are you driven? Are you willing to make sacrifices? Is it going to be hard to live your life as a Christian? Heck yeah. A lot of things to be hard. Heck yeah, right? And Jesus never, he never gets that twisted. He always says, right, it's going to be challenging. You may be persecuted. You may be hated. You may be rejected. So he doesn't uh, beat around the bush. He's very direct that it may be hard. But he's saying you will be set free from sin. You will experience the true joy of life. If you keep his commandments, if you're willing to discipline yourself, if you're willing to pick up your cross and, and carry it every single day, right? Being a disciplined disciple of Christ can be hard work, can take obedience. But is, but is it always worth it? Yes. Absolutely it's worth it, right? Because you're living out the life God's called you to. I heard one verse uh, this morning in... Uh, in my daily readings, and I, a couple of things caught me by surprise. I'm just maybe uh, piqued my interest, but I'm just paraphrasing. First, it said that Jesus went off in a lonely place by himself to pray, and then later his disciples, Peter and the rest, they found him and they said, "Like, hey, uh, everyone's looking for you." And then Jesus said, "We're leaving this place. I have a mission to fulfill." to go out and to preach to all the other towns. So they were wanting him to stay in one location. He said, no, it's time to go. I have a mission. I need to go off and preach. So Jesus knew that he had a specific purpose here on earth. And he was determined every single day to try and fulfill that mission. Do all of you have a specific mission? Do you? Heck yeah, right? Now the first part of that verse, what did Jesus go off to do by himself? went off to pray okay so if we're trying to keep god's commandments and we're trying to be disciples of christ what what do we all need to be doing every day praying. we need to be going off by ourselves and praying personal prayer has got to be a staple of your daily life reading the word is a great way to learn god's commandments for god to speak to you and then prayer is the conversation it's not just speaking it's also what listening. it's also listening Right? You're allowing yourself to think on his word. What does this mean for me? God, how do I incorporate in this in my life? Okay? So we read the word and we learn what does God expect of me? What are his commandments? Prayer is that time of com- conversation, speaking, listening. And then use Jesus' example. He spent time in prayer. What did he do after his prayer? 
What did he say he had to go do? He's got a mission. He had to go out and preach. Now, look, are all of you going to be preachers? No. No, we are. Well, that's a good point. May, I mean, I meant professionally. You, know, you might be a preacher, but you're a preacher wherever you're at. That's right. If you're down with Christianity, you're a preacher. Amen. So every single day, you guys have a platform in school. <coughs> Raise your hand if you're on a sports team. Is that an opportunity for you to live out your faith? Absolutely, right? If I'm using the track team as an example, it's a cross on the back of the uniform. It says Psalm 22. There could be an opportunity somebody asks you this year, hey, what does that mean? What does that verse mean? Or why is that cross on the back of your uniform? Simple, simple interactions like that are opportunities for you on a daily basis to go and fulfill your mission okay, and to use the gifts God has given you. Right, Kobe, your talents are different than Austin's, and Austin's, yours are different than Carlos. And even if you three guys are friends, you're going to have a different circle that is different than Austin's and different Carlos's. Not just your family, but also your friends, right? A lot of that's on purpose, okay? God gave these guys and all of you different talents, so Kobe can impact different people, so Austin can impact different people, and so Carlos can impact different people. And that's how the kingdom keeps on spreading, Right? So let's wrap it up with this, saying, uh, you guys fill in the blank here. Jesus wants to help lead us on the path to life, right? And you guys are here for a reason, because you want to continue to love the Lord and continue to walk in that. So he said, if you love me, what? Yeah, if you love me, keep my commandments. How, how are all of us, how all, can all of us do that every single day? Okay, read the, read the word. Pray. Yeah, and if you can have a simple conversation, just challenge yourself with one. If I can have one conversation a day about God, that's an awesome start. Right? Because God takes something small, and he's a great multiplier. He'll take one conversation about God, and he'll Im- impact as many people as he desires with that. Okay, so reading the Word, praying, having those conversations with people on a simple basis, that can be an awesome way to live your life. Okay? And we know what it means as an athlete to be disciplined. We know what it means to sacrifice. We know what it means to have a goal in mind and to achieve that goal. You don't don't need to answer this right now, but ask yourself right now, do I have a spiritual goal? Last week we talked about that. Do I have a yearly resolution for myself spiritually? If you haven't come up with it last week, do it this week. Because it's so important to have a specific focus. Right, an athlete without focus is probably going nowhere because you're all over the place. Spiritually, if there's no focus, it's hard to move forward. Okay, so I'm sure, Mr. Gardner, Coach Rowell, you guys, it could be um, like, what are your daily disciplines? Is it morning reading or what works for y'all? I can't wait to wake up every morning and um, devotional. I go half. Well, he also's at six, but prior to seeing the boys at six, four thirty to run out of time at six, I'm in the Word and just having a great time I mean I can't I'm blown away that all y'all showed up in here I mean I, did he, was anybody forced to show up to come into this place no no why'd you come <laughs> want to. this is good get up in the morning and get God's word directly it's better I mean it's just it's hard to even explain how amazing it is once you start doing it and it's almost like it's an addiction you can't do the day without it it's like air I mean you, you gotta have it once you get used to having it yeah. And I've had to try and discipline myself because I'm not a morning person. I usually hate it. For me, I'm like, I would rather spend the end of my day. But I know 
that's a discipline that I need to be better on starting and ending my day with prayer, with the word, with just alone time with God. Because if my mind is not starting the day on God, like Coach Ryle mentioned, I'll get distracted and just, you know how it is, there's a million things going on and all of a sudden God gets put on the back burner. And that's not your intention, but if you don't have discipline, that happens. So let's end with this. Just think right now to yourself, one, do I have a spiritual focus, right? What's my goal? How, how am I going to get closer to the Lord this year? Okay, Because you know, you know what the Lord is asking you. And then two, how, do, how am I going to go about that? Like starting tomorrow, Thursday. What am I going to do Thursday to start to discipline myself to keep God's commandments and to go closer to Him? And God's so good because He'll keep growing you. If you put in a little bit of time, He's going to take that little bit you're giving Him and He's going to grow it. Right? And He's going to make something awesome out of it. So uh, we'll end with prayer here, um, but just keep encouraging e- each other. You guys are doing an awesome job. This room will keep growing. We'll keep getting more people here. <coughs> just remember, it never stops when we leave the room, right? You guys are going to go, if you're going home to your family, that's a chance you take something you learned today. Hey, mom, dad, can I tell you what we talked about in Bible study? All right? You got little siblings, you can talk to them about that as well. And then tomorrow when you wake up, Right? First thing you do in the morning, you have a chance to discipline yourself and make a sacrifice for the Lord and get closer to Him in that way. Amen? Amen.